Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is good to be with you another evening, another Monday night, reflecting into the richness of our faith. If you are a faithful listener to this program, you know that Monday nights we break open this topic, this theme of what it means to a witness to our faith, a lay witness. Uh, there's many different arms to this topic. And so uh, tonight I have uh, Max Irwin with me. He is a parishioner of St. John the Baptist Catholic Church and a graduate, a recent graduate of Chico State in the area of business. And he's going to share a little bit uh, with us tonight about his own journey of faith. Max, it is uh, good to have you with me tonight. Thank you. Max, uh, as we talk about what it means to witness uh, in relationship to our faith, uh, you have a, a bit of a unique story in so far as um, these last two years, year and a half, uh, coming into the Catholic Church and uh, uh, Mary this past year. Um, our kids were in the wedding. It was a lot of fun. And just getting to know you, um, you've witnessed to me in your faith. And so I do um, thank you for that. And uh, looking forward to tonight a little bit as you share your journey of faith and just the opportunity to kind of reflect into this great topic of what it means to to witness to our faith, but in its concrete terms, you know, in in, in the workforce, in your marriage, you know, what does that look like? So um, with that, you know, Max, go ahead and, you know, if you want to get us going here. Right. So um, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my faith journey started when I was really young. Uh, I was always involved in um, youth groups, and uh, I went through the junior high and the high school group and had a lot of great friends um, doing that. As I got through high school, when I was finishing up high school, I had really kind of not engaged in my faith. Up until then, um, I knew that Jesus loved me, and I knew that Jesus gave his life on the cross so that I could someday go live in heaven with him. But I don't know if it really went so much deeper than that. Um, I definitely wasn't living my life in, in a way that was going to be most pleasing to God. Mm. Um, a lot of that changed um, when I came to Chico State. I moved to Chico in the fall of 2009 to start my freshman year. I moved into the dorms, and uh, I had all these options, different things that I could do. And I found a campus ministry, a, a Christian ministry that I could be involved with, and I met a lot of great friends. Uh, I took part in a lot of the activities that they did and went on all the retreats. And that was when I really started to realize how important my faith was and how mm. important it was that I was going to um, be really pleasing my pleasing God with my life sure. when I started doing what he wanted me to do. Mm. Um, at that point, I met uh, my beautiful wife, Hillary. Uh, she wasn't my wife yet, but I met her in a communications class at Chico State and she had grown up in the Catholic Church, and that was something that was very new to me. I had not really known a lot of people who had grown up Catholic. Pretty much everybody that I knew was some um, denomination of, of Protestant Christianity, and it was through her that I really started to discover the Catholic Church. Um, I began attending Mass with her um, on Sundays, and 
the mass became something that was very special to me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started coming into the Catholic Church, I really realized that there was something special there that I really wanted, um, something special that I had never quite felt before. Mm. And from there on out, I decided that I wanted to figure out what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, I joined the Catholic Church this last year on uh, Easter of 2013, and then I got married in the fall. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm here today, and I am so thankful. I think that that really sums up how I feel about my faith at this point. I'm so grateful mm-hmm. that God has given me this opportunity. He's challenged me in many ways um, yeah. to grow spiritually. And um, I'm very honored that I can be here and, and share it with some other people as well. Amen. And as you talk about Mass, of course, it's, it's always a beautiful truth that the word Eucharist you know, means Thanksgiving. And you talk about gratitude that you're now sharing in that. That's such a, a blessing. You know, um, Max, you were talking, we were talking before the program, and you were talking about your journey um, into the Catholic faith when you were at Chico State. And you're talking a little bit about uh, your relationship with with Hillary, your now wife. Now, I think maybe our listening audience might be intrigued to hear more about that as it relates to um, what she meant to you and how you were drawn deeper into to God. Absolutely. When I met Hillary, uh, I knew that there was something very intriguing about her from the very start. For some reason, I was drawn to her. I was very interested in talking to her uh, through our classwork, we got a lot of opportunity to be with one another and work together. Um, I realized how intelligent and smart and funny she was. And as I started to realize that I wanted to date her, in our first couple of dates, we talked a lot about our families and our faith. And that became very important to us as we were dating. We, we really discovered that we had a lot of common uh, commonalities among my Christian, Protestant Christian upbringing and her Catholic upbringing. Sure. And through that experience, I realized um, just how much I wanted to uh, know her more and get to know her better, but I wanted to do it always in a way that was going to be really pleasing to God, something Mm -hmm. that really reflected what we had talked about, about our faith, yeah. We had talked about how important our faith was and how important God was going to be in our lives individually. So I wanted to make sure that that was reflected in, in our relationship. So we took a lot of steps of, um, I mean, in today's modern college dating world, yeah, I'm yeah. sure that it looked like we were taking things at slower than a snail's pace, which... Which is, is a good thing. It's true, yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing. And um, we... But it was very, very important to us, and it was very important that I showed her uh, a level of respect as a daughter of God, that she have that, that place where we could get to know each other and fall in love with each other in the context of something that was based around our, va- our desire to know one another more and a desire ultimately to bring each other closer to God, which I think that so far we have in our relationship, mm-hmm. and I'm really, really proud of that, and I hope that we can continue to do that throughout our marriage. Well, and certainly you've laid the foundation, you know, and I and love the way you were speaking to that, Max, because often what happens in relationships is um, it's built upon brokenness and, and shame, and, and it's, it's hard to recover that. Not that we can't, because God's grace is so good, 
Um, but to have that foundation is so important. Uh, you know, when we were talking earlier, one of the things that stood out to me was how you were speaking to uh, this idea, this truth that, you know, first Hillary is a daughter in Christ. Right. The first, your 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 son of God. And it really made me think, I don't know if you remember this, but when you were given your toast <laughs> during your wedding, you spoke beautifully about how uh, how honored you were to take Hillary by the hand and bring her closer to God, you know, through your own sacrifices. And, and that was, that was beautiful toast actually. <laughs> and, and it really makes me think how, you know, you have this journey, Max, with Hillary, this journey in God, and it's one that is expanding, it's one that's growing. You know, as you talk about this first year in your marriage, you know, you're doing good so far. Yeah, because it's growing, it's expanding, you know, and that's what's so life-giving. And uh, it's, I could never say it enough, it's a real uh, honor to watch, you know, a young couple, just not in love with each other, but in love with God, you know. So in talking about this, one thing that I want to draw out here a little bit is, is the, the concreteness, if you will, the particularities of what this love looks like, of what, of what it means to be Christian Catholic, you know, today in 2014 inside the home or inside the apartment, you know, wherever we live. Uh, so maybe you can too speak to that a little bit and we can maybe engage some, some, uh, some discussion on holiness and grace. Yeah. So in our marriage, uh, there's been a lot of things that have happened so far that have given us opportunities to grow closer in, in our faith and, and growing in that right direction together where we're where we're flourishing as as young Catholics, but also as a married couple, being young Catholics, um, we really value uh, prayer, and so I think that for us, prayer has been so important. It's been so crucial that we pray together on a regular basis. That um, I pray for Hillary throughout my day. When I think about her, I say a little prayer for her, whether she's at work or out someplace else. I, I pray that she is safe and that mm -hmm. she's okay and that she's protected, but also that, you know, people will become closer to Christ because of her. Yeah. I know that that's true because in everything that she does, she manages to be a solid witness about, you know, what it means to be a Catholic, what it yeah. means to be a, you know, a, a practicing Christian. And um, so prayer is very important to us. Uh, some of the other things, I have gotten to practice a lot of patience. Um, I, going from a very independent, single lifestyle where I can do kind of whatever I want, whenever I want, just for my own thing, you know, I can do what I feel yeah, like yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then coming into a marriage and, and realizing that my actions impact another person and that it impacts somebody who I love very much. Uh, it's given me a lot of opportunity to, uh, on a daily basis, realize the small ways that I can put her needs in front of my own so that she's taken care of. Mm -hmm. And I know that she does that for me because all my needs end up getting met. We end up meeting each other's needs because we want to sacrifice for one another. One of the things, a great example that somebody told me one time is that in a marriage, you're like two leeches. And mm. two leeches, if they suck onto each other, then they deplete each other of their mm. life and they mm. end up just kind of withering and dying. Mm. 
So you need some kind of outside source to feed your relationship. You need something that's going to fulfill both of you together. And that's God. That's God for us. We get our life-giving source from him. And because we get all that love from God, we're able to reflect that love onto one another as opposed to trying to just seek it out of the other person all the time. Um, And so I think that just love and patience and prayer will take you a long way in your relationships with people. Amen. And you know, as you were talking to, I was in a conversation with uh, a young couple, you know, it was just, it was just a couple days ago, actually. And, you know, she was very excited about, about the ring she got, you know, and they were talking about the, 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 their future together. And as I was listening to them, they were talking about how much they look forward to not so much all of the diamonds and all the rest of the bling and culture and everything else, but to what, what it will mean to them to serve one another. And that's what I'm hearing, mm. you know, and as a, uh, as a husband and father of four, it's a profound honor and gift to be able to serve uh, those who are closest to us, you know, our, our spouses. And uh, again, I mean, it's, it's, it's the essence of, you know, we, we talk about holiness and it's interesting to note in the Hebrew, the word for holiness uh, means set apart, but it also means wedding or marriage. You know, so the idea there is God makes us more holy in the way we give, in the way we are not conditioned, but unconditionally aware of those closest to us. And of course, the beautiful truth behind sacrifice, and the word sacrifice in Latin, secum fice, to make holy. We are given uh, as you were just speaking to it beautifully, uh, Max, many opportunities to uh, make ourselves more holy and those around us more holy in all of the little sacrifices that we make. Uh, and when we do that, then it's life-giving. You know, that three-in-one, as um, Archbishop Fulton Sheen used to talk about it so beautifully, the three-in-one, you know, not two-in-one, but three-in-one. That's a great image of the leech, by the way. Right. <laughs> because it highlights ultimately that what we have to give um, is, is not ours to give. It, and, and we cannot do this on our own. Everything belongs to God. And a point I make a lot, you know, Max, and I could never make it enough, reinforce it enough, is that when we discover that our vocation as sons and daughters in God is first that, to be, to enter into our relationship with Jesus Christ, there is no ceiling. Because God's love is inexhaustible. You know, the word mystery, mysterium, inexhaustible reality. God's love is inexhaustible. So we're drawing from this inexhaustible source of love. And when we do so, it is this that is life-giving. So we're in God. Then we learn the language of what it means to be for other. We can think we can do it on our own, but that well runs dry. (laughs) You know, that well runs dry. And then we begin to get on, on each other's nerves. And then a marriage no longer means set apart. You know, it becomes something, something entirely different. And so this is the battle that we're all up against. You know, as long as we are vested with the flesh, you know, we are going to be up against this battle, this, this inclination to sin, this concupiscent appetite, this, this need to serve me, myself, and I versus other, <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So um, now you were also talking about uh, Max... And as far as the practicals are concerned, um, before we were on air, what your faith means for you in your work, in your career. Right. Um, 
There's been a lot of changes in my life over the course of the last year in graduating from college, finding out my, you know, what my first career level job was going to be, getting married, and all of these things can seem very overwhelming at times. Um, anybody who's had major life changes in the last year can tell you that it can throw your life into a certain level of chaos as you mm -hmm. discover the new realities of what things are going to be like. And for me, work has been a, a, a really beautiful challenge over the course of the last year since I graduated from college. Uh, I started working uh, for an engineering firm and I'm working very hard. It's a startup company, so we're trying to make everything happen. And the first six months were very challenging. Um, I came up, a lot of, uh, up against a lot of barriers professionally and personally trying to make things work and trying to discover who I was going to be in the terms of my career and my professional life. Um, and I know that a lot of my friends who have graduated are going through the same yeah, thing right about yeah. now. And for me, trusting that God's plan for my career is going to be incredible. His plan for my life is incredible. And having some faith in that and being able to reconnect with him every Sunday, reconnect with him throughout the week through prayer has been so amazing to really just in a moment where I'm feeling like my best isn't good enough, especially at work, you know, feeling like maybe my best isn't going to take me to the finish line on any given day. And just stopping for a moment to pray for a little bit of strength and some clarity. Uh, I will often just say, God, can you help me understand what it is I have to grasp for the next hour? Mm -hmm. Just help me to, to make it clear. And so often God has come through and given me the focus and the attention and the love. And ultimately, I have found success in the last year that that I've, that I've never felt before coming out of that real hard struggle for a while, mm -hmm. but knowing that God was going to help me get here and he's going to help me get to where I'm going next, which I don't know what that is, but that's, you know, uh, for him to kind of help me with. Yeah. That's what makes life exciting. Right. You know, Pope Francis was just talking about how when we trust God more, we see his providential care more. You know, if we give to him, it's the great Sermon on Trust from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. You know, if we give um, God our anxieties and our worries, uh, then he'll take care of the rest. You know, the word anxiety and worry, it really means preoccupation. You know, if we're not preoccupied with things that we cannot control, God will reveal himself. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, Max, as you're talking, one of the things that does strike me is, you know, that you have the confidence and you have the assurance that God will answer your prayers and that a life of prayer ultimately leads to that. Again, like anything rep with repetition, whatever you're doing, it expands. You know, if you're, if you're working out, your muscle's going to expand. You know, spiritually, we need to work out and our faith will expand and we will trust more in God. And have faith, too, that God is always going to help you get there. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to bring you peace. And I think that echoes in my head probably more than any piece of scripture is that mm. God has a beautiful plan for my career, for my marriage, for my family, for the rest of my life. 
he's got an awesome plan set out. And I can kind of take a little bit of peace knowing that he's got it figured out even when I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it helped. I can, I feel supported in that when I pray for God to help me in this next journey or help me over the next week or the next year, that he's going to do that and he's going to do it ultimately to bring me to a place of peace and happiness, not to hurt me at all. Yeah. And even in that peace, you know, Pope Francis had a beautiful insight in his most recent document, The Joy of the Gospel, where he was talking about how peace is not some negotiated settlement. That was his phrase. I love that negotiated settlement <laughs> because that's what we think of peace. You know, the, you know that the V, the sign of the right. negotiate. No, it, it, so it's not the absence of warfare, but it's the spiritual welfare where in relationship with God, we are able to overcome the trials, the, the, the circumstances, and all the rest. I mean, peace is not so much the calm, if you will, uh, in the storm, as much as it uh, defines storm. I mean, what does Jesus say? Peace, be still. No, we have to say in relationship with God, as we are looking into the eye of the storm, peace, be still. But we can only say that. We can only do that if we are in this living relationship with Jesus Christ, to be able to trust God that, in fact, I will prosper in my vocation. Yeah, it can only happen with that dynamic life in Christ. And it's a great challenge for all of us. Right. And I don't care who you are. You know, Pope Francis was just talking about, you know, how we're all sinners and we all need more of God every day. So what does he do? This was last Friday. You know, he's given a, a sermon on this, uh, this uh, day of prayer for confession. And so he was going to be hearing confessions and the master of ceremonies is bringing him over. And uh, he goes to another confessional and the priest who is already there hears his confession. You know, in front of everyone, there's this Pope on bed and knee giving his confession to this priest. It was powerful. Yeah. And it was a real <laughs> signal for everyone who not only was watching this, but also follows Pope Francis to say, yeah, I am a sinner and I need God. I need that peace because there are many storms in our lives, many storms. And if we can't gather ourselves, then the tempest winds will take us where they will. You know, and so uh, very important, especially as you talk about this vocationally, because really, what, what are those storms? Where are those storms? They're in your homes. They're in your work. I mean, it's, it's really where you go every day. And we allow that anxiety or that preoccupation to get the best of us. Um, and so we need that grace. You know, we need that grace, especially, you know, as you're talking about marriage and the work. With, there, there's grace pertinent to the sacrament of marriage. And we, we need to lean on that and to draw from its nourishment. You know, I love the image when you break down grace, the word itself actually has an Akkadian root. That means res. It's like a sap. Um, so sap from a tree. You know, when sap from a tree contains within it uh, nutrients, uh, that which is life-giving, it actually contains the hormones from the tree. It's kind of fascinating when you start to break down sap. This is the gift that God gives us, you know, not only in baptism and confirmation, but all the sacraments. These profound gifts, there is a particular kind of sap, if you will, Max, that we receive in the sacrament of marriage, and we are to draw from, from those nutrients. And as we talked about it earlier, yeah, I mean, what's at the core of it? The grace that gives us the strength to give more of ourselves. Mm. You know, the grace that says, I'm going to give more 
of myself, that I'm not going to settle for what I want because what I want isn't enough. Only to the extent that what you want is about, you know, your relationship with Jesus Christ. Out from that, constantly looking towards other. And this becomes a virtue. I mean, we're talking about a virtuous life. But like anything, repetition is very important. So we have this call then to draw from this grace, to draw from this nourishment that God gives us so that we might be um, witnesses each and every day to this great vocation that we've been given as husbands and fathers. And it's certainly, like you're saying, it's practice, practice, practice. Because in my marriage, well, let me back up for a second. It feels so wonderful to give somebody a gift. That's what we're we're talking Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. here is Mm -hmm. when on Christmas morning, I've always had more fun watching other people open up their gifts that I'm giving them as opposed to opening ones myself. Mm -hmm. I love seeing that they are happy because I have given them this Mm -hmm. thing. And now those things that you're giving are just intangible. They're not gifts wrapped up with a bow, but they're giving of your time and giving of your energy. And after a long day of work, giving of yourself some more so that your spouse can be happy in whatever they're doing. And that feels, um, it feels incredible when you do it just like you're giving a gift. And the more you get to do that and the more you kind of flex that muscle, so to speak, you discover that it becomes more beneficial and more valuable and even more meaningful to give the next thing to your spouse, whatever that is, whether it's your time or your energy um, of yourself. And it's something that I look forward to journeying forward on because there are still moments where I can be very selfish in what I want to do. Sure. And it takes a moment for me to kind of check myself and realize, you know what, I'm going to put my wife's needs in front of my own and someday I'll put my kids' needs in front of mine and I think that will, uh, I'll grow in that and and find that it's even more wonderful at that point than it even is today. Yeah, it's the joy. It really is the joy, the first proclamation of the New Testament, the spiritual fruit of joy and how ultimately we are called to be bearers of this great fruit. You know, we talk about grace. The word itself, it's a wonderful truth. In the Greek, it comes from the same root as joy. So joy and grace essentially are the same thing. And so as you're talking about, yeah, when we give of ourselves and we give a gift of time, of something material, ultimately it's going to bear this great fruit of joy. And that is what is so life-giving. You know, it's really become a recurring theme of of our current Holy Father. Well, I told you we would blink and this time would be up here, Max. I had a lot of fun. This is a great program, and I really appreciate all you had to say tonight. And I, and I know that our listening audience uh, did, and we're definitely going to be doing this again. So um, with that, we will wrap up in prayer. And um, if you have any questions, comments um, for me or for Max, don't hesitate to email me at jholljmj at yahoo.com or uh, shoot me something through my website at joholcraft.org. Uh, let's close in prayer. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. You've been listening to Seeds of Truth, 
heard every evening from 6.30 to 7 p.m. right here on KKXX. If you have questions or feedback, you may email Joe at J-H-O-L-L-J-M-J at yahoo.com. For a copy of today's program, visit joeholcraft.org or call KKXX during regular business hours at 894-7325. Thanks for listening to the Seeds of Truth on KKXX.